Coming to you from the island of Hawaii, it's the Big Island Beat Podcast. And now, here's your host, Steve Roby. Aloha and welcome to the Friday edition for November 20th. If this is your first time here, thanks for joining us. On today's show, our guests are Hilo musician Hal Glatzer, Hawaiian music legend Brother Noland, and conductor for the Camuela Philharmonic Orchestra, Brian Dollinger. Let's start out with a performance by the Camuela Philharmonic Orchestra, recorded in January 2020 at the Kahilu Theater.
Joining us on the phone is Brian Dollinger, conductor for the Camwilla Philharmonic Orchestra. Aloha, Brian. Aloha, Steve. So great to hear your voice again, finally. Same here, too, uh, my friend. Uh, it's been a while. Um, it has been a very long time. <laughs> I'm missing my island home. <laughs> yeah, we miss you too. I mean, I, Cam Willa Philharmonic Orchestras were a treasure to look forward to, seeing all those people up on stage. Well, we definitely are missing our time up there, not only just performing for our audiences, but just even getting together and performing and practicing together. It's kind of a drought for musicians. I mean, all around the world, our artists are having to rethink how they're going to do their art form with so many closings and um, cancellations, postponements, major theaters, major organizations shutting their doors permanently even because of what's going on in the world. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a shame on so many levels um, from the art side and, and culture side, but it's interesting to see how many people are overcoming it and using technology and using different spaces and new composers, for in music, for example, new composers getting exposure because they have pieces that are written, you know, for these smaller and, and different uh, orchestrated ensembles. Mm. Um, and so, you know, major orchestras that who would just do these masterworks of 60 to 80 people on stage are now rethinking, well, I have, maybe I can only have 15 or 20 on stage. What's out there besides, you know, the things we've known for 400 years, but some new music. And so that's a, it's interesting. The out of the bat still come opportunities for other people. Must be quite a challenge. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> to say the least. Huh? <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to speak to you about the upcoming Cam Willa Philharmonic Youth Concerto Competition. But first, can you recap for our listeners, what was the scene like back in March this year when the orchestra was about ready to perform its season finale? Oh my goodness, what a story. Both myself and my my eight-year-old daughter were getting packed up and ready to come out to do the Masterworks literature comes to life. Eager to get out there and see our friends and make music. And we're watching all the cancellations. We're watching how things are spreading. We're watching airports and we're getting worried or at least i am my daughter she she just wanted to go see her friends in hawaii um and so it, we were just watching it and then it, it just came to a point where we had to decide whether or not to do the concert for the musician safety the audience safety logistics of not only bringing myself um over the ocean but we also have musicians from other islands what happens because that's when flights were getting grounded right, um, right, right. without without any warning and so not only from my daughter and myself, but we were Philharmonic was thinking about the musicians from other islands getting stuck on the big island um, and how would that work? And and so it was out of an abundance of caution that, you know, we we canceled that um, performance. And it was, it was we were so looking forward to that performance. And like I said, literature comes to life. It's one of those eclectic uh, performances that I love doing, which mixes all standard orchestral music with new orchestral music with kind of what people call pops music to connect with um audience so we had music from for romeo and juliet by tchaikovsky we had mm. stravinsky's firebird suite ready to go and then lord of the rings right. pulling from the from the pop scene but that's based on literature and so we're so eager to do that but um so hopefully at some point i'll just reprogram that concert and we'll get another crack at it for everyone but so it was it was a quick uh, turnaround and, and in fact it kind of just cascaded my orchestras here on the mainland um just then started can things started canceling here um and some of it had to do more with venues that venues had you know strict regulations and they couldn't keep up with in order to keep everyone safe and so it kind of just took the wind out of everybody's sails mm. um which is which is unfortunate but again you know i always when i talk about what we artists are experiencing 
as always with a grain of salt and with some somberness because of the people that are getting sick and those that mm-hmm. uh, are losing their life or loved ones that are. So in the scheme of life, you know, it's not up at the top. But, you know, since we're talking about the arts, you know, I want everyone to realize that my heart goes out to anyone affected by it. But, you know, we're just talking about the arts now. So <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Hey, uh, have you been in touch with any of the orchestra members here? If so, how are they holding up? Oh, I have been uh, through emails, through phone calls. Also, I had a, I've had a few of the Zoom conference calls, uh, video conference calls, which has been great to see, actually see everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is the outlook. Everybody is very chipper, I guess you could say. The very great outlook on things. Still, some have, just like everywhere else, some have a very cautious viewpoint of the virus and how we're to get back to perform. And some others are on the other spectrum saying, let's play. Let's, we just want to play. Let's do it safely, but let's just get going playing. Yeah. But everyone is, you know, staying busy in their own way. I found, you know, some of them have these hobbies or things that I never knew that they did. Some have um, secondary, not only say necessarily professions, but the interests that have become like a business for them within the the pandemic, which has been fantastic. Yeah. So getting to see them and talk to them is really great. Monthly, I at least get to see uh, my Ohana from the board. Um, In fact, we have a board meeting coming up and we've been doing all those via um, Zoom. And so um, getting to stay in touch with everybody that way as well. Nice. uh, Yeah. As we continue planning and uh, moving forward with uh, things that the Philharmonic can do on the Big Island. In fact, uh, just as a side note, uh, I had on um, a couple of the orchestra members for, like you said, side projects they do. I had uh, Mm -hmm. Joni Collins on, plays, you know, here and there with a uh, Celtic rock band called uh, (laughs) the Kona Rogues and Elizabeth (laughs) Sakona Robinson uh, plays with Gary Washburn in the, and she's got a new album coming out. So they've been a guest on the show. So, Oh, that's wonderful. Elizabeth is wonderful, young talent. Amazing. What's great is she actually came up as you, as we say, through the ranks, she grew up on the big Island and, she was actually one of our early um, young artist competition winners. And then so for her to go away and then come back and now she's playing in the orchestra and she's doing so well with all these other musical uh, ventures. It's mm-hmm. really great to see. Okay. Speaking of the Kahilu Theater, it's yeah. starting a new streaming service this week called Kahilu TV. And right. uh, I just was wondering if you had any thoughts about, you know, someday doing a limited member show without an, an audience here? Well, we have, this has been, that's the eternal discussions not only through our board, but also with the, the Kahilu as, again, it's their venue and, and keeping track of all the protocols they have to do in order to have anybody in there. And then, you know, we could be ready to go and then the restrictions are changed again yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for the governor or the mayor. So it's like a yo-yo. But we are looking forward to it. We are planning ahead. We are, um, in fact, um, been in touch with them about their new technology mm-hmm. and utilizing that for the Philharmonic, not only um, for our normal masterworks when we can all get back together, but also getting um, new content uh, recorded by our musicians in smaller ensembles, mm-hmm. whether it's quartets or percussion ensembles or brass ensembles or whatever we can do. Um, and even to the point where I was talking with um, Sharon Cannon, our education committee chair, about even making some small education videos that we can then give out to the all the schools on the island mm, and so that they can continue that music education because we have a, a thriving music education program where musicians go out into the schools and do these presentations for those kids. There's also some lessons. And then when I'm on island, I go and work with all these different or- organizations right, yeah. 
And whether they're choirs, wind ensembles, orchestras, I've worked with them. I've even um, talked to uh, music appreciation classes about conducting, about music. Right now we're halted. And so we're like, well, we need to, we still need to be reaching to those kids that, you know, it's really, they really thrive on it. So all these ideas. And now that, because one of the things we need is the technology. And now knowing Kahilu is getting all set up with this technology is really exciting for us. Yeah. Yes, so now yeah. it's like some of these ideas are like, oh, we're, this might start happening really soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like uh, the perfect segue to ask you about uh, this year's virtual version of the Youth Concerto Competition. How can contestants enter the competition and when is the deadline? Well, so um, normally we do live competitions in September and kids come from all across the islands and fly in or drive across the big island to, to audition. And this year, again, out of abundance of caution, we've moved them to virtual, which means um, we're going to be having them send an unedited um, video recording of themselves um, basically to me. And then I am going to have a three panel judge, a panel of three judges record, uh, watch the recordings. And again, just like normal, you know, make their uh, recommendations on the, on the winners. And so normally their concert would be in January, but again, i keep using this abundance of caution statement. Right. Uh, we've moved that moves the concert to April, just in case we can't get hmm. everybody together in January. The hope would be that by April, things are kind of settled down. We've got a handle on a lot of this that we can then can proceed with that concert. So we're planning that. Now, how they can apply and send their information, all that information is on our wonderful website, the Kamaweather Philharmonic. Um, and so they just go on there. There's all the rules and regulations are there, the PDFs, application forms, how they're going to be submitting their videos. So it's really a great place mm -hmm. for teachers and the students to go find all that information out. And I'll put a link in the show description for this podcast. So folks, Fantastic. just click on it and go there, get the info, send a video. And uh, I guess it's just pretty much a, you'll accept like a, um, a mobile phone video. Is that? And it's really, I want it whatever the student can do because yeah. everybody has different things available to them. Some may have high end equipment. Some just have a cell phone video. And what I'm also hoping is going this route that maybe students that maybe couldn't afford to fly over to the big Island to audition might have an opportunity now that all they have to do is just make a video and send it in. And so kids that might not have been able to before might be able to participate this year, which would be fantastic yeah. if that happens. You certainly had some amazing players uh, back in January, which seems like three years ago now. But <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember uh, taking some photos uh, in the, from the audience there. And there was this yeah. young man. I think he was one of the the winners there that played a violin. I, I, I think it was. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, and what's, what, I, what I'm loving is now that I've been with this organization now going five years, I've seen a number of, the, number of these kids in previous competitions and to see them maturing, not only as a person, but musically and their technique is just it, is really exciting for me as a, a conductor, as a teacher, and then also as a father watching children because mm -hmm. I watch the same process with my own children. And so I get really excited inside when I see them year to year getting better and just excelling at what they're doing. It's really fantastic. That's great. That must be so rewarding for you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? I want everyone on the Big Island to know, you know, how much the arts mean to the members of Cumberland Philharmonic, how much we miss performing for them, and that we're really eager to get back at it. Um, I have musicians emailing me and calling me saying, when can we get together? And so just know that we're working hard to, to bring live music with the Philharmonic back to life 
on the big island and to expose get back to exposing our young students um, at all, of all ages back to classical music and the instruments. Above all, we want everyone to be safe, be safe with their ohanas, and really, you know, have a wonderful holiday season coming up. And just, you know, we look forward to coming back on the stage for everyone. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> thanks, thanks for your time today, Brian. And I hope we Thank can so see much. each other real soon one day. I do hope so, Steve. Maybe we'll have to start doing these video-wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like fun. Aloha, Brian. Yes, it does. Aloha. Thank you. Last Friday, I was offered the opportunity to capture some photos at the Kahilu Theater of a few of the ukulele and slack key guitar festival performances that were being recorded. I also spoke with several musicians like Brother Nolan, and I asked him if he's been working on any new material during the pandemic. Due to COVID, you know, we've had to be isolated a lot. So, you know, when artists are isolated, they got a lot of time to uh, create. And so I've been creating a lot of stuff. I love to be in isolation and uh, just let my mind just go out there in tangents. And I figure I wrote about 30 of them already. I, I just sent seven to my producer on Oahu. Yeah, and so in December, I'm gonna fly in to record them. And then I just uh, got together with Blaina Singh yesterday and we put together about four or five instrumentals. Also, he shared with me a couple of the songs that uh, he wrote and then we wrote one yesterday together. So I'm really enjoying the, the idea of collaborating. Yeah, I think that's really important when artists uh, get a chance to uh, interact with each other and they're not so concerned about how each person's writing style is, but they but more concerned about seeing if we can get from point A to point B in music, yeah? My producer in Hawaii, uh, on Oahu is uh, uh, Penabu, yeah? What a great producer he is, too. And so we put, the, we put together a company, uh, a collaboration together, too, of uh, songwriters, yeah? And we're just writing songs together and see what we can do with them, you know? Take them, taking them beyond the reef. I then asked Brother Nolan about the instrumental part he added to a pre-recorded melody that Sonny Lim had done earlier. Yeah, Sonny Lim uh, did a rhythm of uh, a traditional Hawaiian song too. And I think what they're going to do is have all the other musicians jump in, find the tempo, and then put, put them all together and it sounds like we're all jamming together. One thing I don't like to do is crowd the music, <laughs> right? So I, that's why I was just putting in a little like... <laughs> Yeah, literacy, just small kind of stuff. This is the first year for the festival where there won't be an audience. In the past, concert goers were asked to bring an instrument, come on stage, and strum along with the headliners. That's always when the audience interacts. Yeah. It really uh, it helps the musicians too, you know, to have that that play. Right, right. That's that universal language thing again. It brings everybody together. And, it heals everyone too. So being out isolated up here in Waimea and working on my music and you know brings healing to me as well too. Brother Nolan had his guitar laid out on the table in front of us and I had to ask him about this work of art. He even demonstrated its beautiful tone. This is a Zydo and Steve uh, Zydo is the guy that uh, makes his guitars and they are just beautiful pieces and each one he makes different. He's, he's a master. It's like uh, he made it to the way that I wanted it to feel like. What he does is he invites everyone up to his factory or artists, 
and then they kind of hang out. We had, like I hung out with him for about like four or five hours. Oh. But then we sit around and we talk about like what what makes a guitar in my arms feel good, right? And then we kind of pieces it together in the in his mind. You know, this is like one of my favorite guitars too, and it's a pretty price. Um, yeah, so he just did a he just did a guitar for Vince Gill. So the one that Vince Gill plays uh, with the Eagles. No, he's located on Oahu. But like for Vince Gill, he'll fly, he'll fly to Nashville with some guitars. Uh, Henry Capono plays his white one. Yeah. That right, right. Henry's got it. But it's all different. John Cruz has a um, contra bass type guitar that he made special for John. John went up over there too and kind of told him what he was wanting yeah. and feeling. But you know, he gave me one to try first, and then I brought it back, and then that's why. And then I, I kind of told him like, wow, this and that, this and that. Okay, say wait, okay. I think. Then I went back, and then he said. I think I got it, right? And when I picked up this, oh, I just said, oh, this is my baby. <laughs> yeah, you hear, you heard that sound out yeah, there. Yeah. It just sounds so ringy, yeah, it pretty. It sounds so pretty. Yeah, you know, when I pick chords like this. Yeah, it sounds yeah when, you, when you play it like in a Kahilo theater, and it just goes, when ending an interview with Brother Nolan, he likes to part with some of his wisdom, which I always find refreshing. I'm enjoying the fact that we need to be, you know, self-reliant. Yeah, we need to be patient and we need to be aware of all the talents and the gifts that we got already. Yeah? Instead of like what we don't have or what we're not getting. For a while, I was concerned about, you know, the money factor and all that. But we've always kind of knew inside our hearts, it's not the money, it's the... It's, it's people's hearts, so it's how people give and it's how people, you know, help each other. Money is a piece of paper. <laughs> Can't take it with you. Right. <laughs> all this, man, all this, that's why. And, you know, to be in Waimea, too, it's just like, there's so much oh, land yeah. and air to breathe, you know. Yeah, I was at Hapuna Beach the other day. I mean, uh, you know, there is tourists, but very minimal, yeah. you know. I saw my friend down there, too, was born and raised over here. And he was, he was like just laughing, going, welcome to my beach. <laughs>
Listening to the Big Island Beat. After speaking with Brother Nolan, I sat down with healing musician Hal Glatzer. He recalled his early musical influences and a self driven motivation that made him want to follow a career in music. I'm Hal Glatzer, and uh, I've been singing all my life. Right now, I do what's referred to as the Great American Songbook from Tin Pan Alley and Broadway more or less the first two-thirds of the 20th century. I got my start quite young. Uh, when I was 12 and 13, I was a soprano, and I was in the boys' chorus of the Metropolitan Opera Company in New York. I grew up in Manhattan. Uh, it was an easy trip by bus uh, down to the Met. I've been singing, as I say, all my life. I started in folk music in the 60s, uh, and I moved from straight-ahead folk music to bluegrass, and I spent many years as a bluegrass musician. Uh, I had a band when I was living uh, here on the Big Island. I had a bluegrass band when I was living in Honolulu in the late 70s. I had a bluegrass band called the Mid-Pacific Bluegrass Band. We billed ourselves as the best bluegrass music for 3,000 miles. I'm still in touch with a lot of the people from my bluegrass years. I still like to jam with them. But starting about 1980, when I moved back to the mainland, I became intrigued by the swing era and the 1920s and 30s and 40s, which were an extraordinary time in American popular music. The fact is I knew a lot of this material. My mother sang and played piano. And I heard a lot of these songs when I was a kid. So when I started learning the chords that would back these songs up, I realized I was halfway along. A lot of my friends had to learn the songs from scratch. Me, all I needed really was the chords and the motivation. 
So pretty much the last 40 years, that's what I've been playing. I use a guitar that was made in 1940, uh, Epiphone Emperor, for those of you who follow acoustic archtop instruments. It's uh, been a marvelous ride. I've had several bands over the years. I've had a couple of bands here in Hawaii. Uh, for a few years, I had a gypsy jazz band called Le Hot Club de Hilo. And then uh, most recently, I've had a band playing the Great American Songbook called the Tin Pan Alley Cats. And of course, we're hoping to be able to get gigs again. This year has been uh, a bad year for performing musicians. Uh, we all hope that uh, 2021, things may start to come back to normal. I, I always sang. Uh, my mother played and sang all of my life. I heard people uh, standing around singing while she played. Uh, there's never been a time in my life when I wasn't making music. I took four years of violin lessons and three years of clarinet lessons when I was a kid uh, and gave them all up to learn to play the five-string banjo and then switched to guitar a few years later. I was a Scruggs picker for what it's worth. I, I, I was motivated by myself. I, I always had a voice. I, I, I never lost my voice. My voice didn't change the way teenage boys' voices are supposed to change. Go, uh, I had been singing. I had been singing and been paid to play, paid to sing. The Met paid for what it's worth in 1959 and 1960. The Met paid $3 a show and $3 a dress rehearsal. And that was real money for a kid in those days. And I could keep it. <laughs> I asked Hal to tell me about his Big Island band, the Tin Pan Alley Cats. Tin Pan Alley Cats, there are five of us. Uh, Leslie Harlib, extraordinary pianist in Kona, uh, whom I've known for many years when we were both living in the Bay Area. I'm on guitar, and Leslie and I share the vocals. J.P. Toma, Jean-Pierre Toma, is the sax and clarinet player, uh, and Mark Caudill is the violin player. He's a bit younger than we are, but he's fascinated by this music uh, classically trained, but uh, very keen on the swing style of uh, violin playing. And then we usually add a drummer, but we don't have one steady drummer. The drummers, it turns out, get work, <laughs> where the, the, the other musicians in bands generally have to hustle a lot harder. But drummers are always in demand. So we've had three or four different drummers for our gigs. But we've played all around uh, the island. Uh, we played extensively in Hilo, dances for the Hilo Hepcats, the local jitterbugs. Uh, we played at the Blue Dragon, and we were going to play in Kona, but then along came this uh, virus, and we're stuck. Hal said moving to the Big Island was a life-changing experience for him, and he described it in great detail. Oh, I saw Kilauea erupt at the summit in November 1967. There was no such experience. I had crossed the Atlantic. I had seen the Grand Canyon. I'd taken a mule down into the Grand Canyon. I had seen some of the wonders of the world, but I tell you, there is nothing to compare to a living volcano. You lose forever the notion that this is solid ground that you're standing on. Um, also, at, at that moment in time, in November 1967, an extraordinary individual was present at the eruption when I was there. It was a kahuna called Daddy Bray, and he presented Pele with the offerings. He did his prayers, his chants, 
which of course went right past me at the time, but I have never forgotten. I actually wrote a short story very slightly fictionalizing my experience uh, doing this, but it was life-changing. I, I resolved that I would move to the Big Island, and indeed I did uh, in July of uh, 1969, just in time to watch the moon landing on TV. Hal, how can people find your music online? halglatzer.com, H-A-L-G-L-A-T-Z-E-R.com. Uh, there's links to the music that I make. There's also, as I alluded to it briefly in my, uh, in my set, I also write mysteries, and there's links to the mysteries that I write as well on my website. When next you see me perform and you're anywhere in the neighborhood, please come around, come hear me in person. I'm an Akamai Kani on the island of Hawaii and a lover of the Orchid Isle. But the floral propaganda for the little purple vanda is not what makes me smile. Oh, I could play guitar and croon about the orchids out in Puna, but the flowers that I love the most are the elegant wahines, local girls and malahines who are blooming on the Hamakua coast. There's Hermione and Hilo and Pauline and Pauwilo and Moana on the road to Mauna Kea. I like to kiss Melissa slowly by the stream at Koli Koli, but I'm dreaming about it at Inonomea. Susie chatters like a miner out in Waiakea Waina, but I miss her when I'm up in Mountain View. And when I'm riding with the cattle through the Huma saddle, all I think about is Kathy and Ka'u. I drive from Pu'uwa'uwa'a to Helene in Honoka'a. She's a sassy gal and kind of roly-poly. But Teresa keeps me rhyming when we're parked and making time in Keokaha and Kalaniana Ole. Ooh, I like to holo-holo with Virginia Tiki-holo with Alice all the way to Honomu. But I'm a one-gal fellow with Marie and Kamuela and Belinda on the beach at Punaloo. When I leave Pat and Paoka'a, I'm with Willow down in Wawa, then it's off to Captain Cook to visit Miley. I see Pamela in Puako and Natalie in Napopo and Katarina in Kukui Haile. I visit twins Marie and Mona in Makai and Maukakona. I nuzzle with Nadine in Na'alehu. Also an actress I know around a pool in Waikoloa, and she's famous, but I promise not to say who. Kalani in Kaifiki or my Kuuipo out in Pepikeo. Hannah's waiting in Pahoa, but I hike up Mauna Loa with Malia to Mokuo Weo Weo. I wish I had a dollar for each lady in Kohala, Niuli'i Kapa'ao and Havi. For my gal in Amaulu, I would give up Honolulu and forget I ever went to Waikiki. So I hope I gave you some idea with my onomatopoeia why Hawaii is my favorite isle. You can tell the girls of Maui, Molokai, and Kauai I won't be seeing them for a while. For when the sky is pouring rain over Keao and Volcano, then I hail on the extra mile. You know, I love to hear my lovely Pana Eva Pollyanna when she sings Haina Iamaiana Kapuana. I'm an Akamai Kani on the island of Hawaii, a lover of the Orchid Isle. Hey, Big Island music fans. Would you like to be part of the podcast? If you go to our website, bigislandmusic.net, you can record a comment about the show or tell us about a musician you'd like to see interviewed. Just click on the microphone icon and start recording. Don't forget to tell us where you're located. Your comments might be included in a future podcast. 
So head over to BigIslandMusic.net. We'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the Big Island Beat Podcast. For more info, go to BigIslandMusic.net and follow us on Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another fun episode. Aloha! Aloha!